BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. One-week season, man. That's it's it. Got to take it 1-0, uh, one game at a time. Um, thought we did some good things today. Um, I did some bad things today. You know, some stuff to clean up, some, some things to learn from. Um, but we'll grow from it. It's all, all that matters is surviving and advancing. Um, it doesn't matter how we win, it's if we win. And uh, proud of our guys for playing the way they did. Josh Allen, after yesterday's 34-31 win over the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins were the biggest underdogs ever in the wild card round at 13 points. They acquitted themselves well. They played well. They gave the Bills everything they could handle. Skylar Thompson, even though you look at the numbers coming in, the rookie seventh-rounder, two rookie seventh-rounders starting playoff games this right. weekend. Brock Purdy got the win, and Skylar Thompson almost did for the Miami Dolphins. It was an exciting game that took forever. It just, you know, 17 nothing no longer means anything. Nothing, right? 17 nothing is like 7 nothing. 27 nothing means yeah. nothing, apparently. Yeah, you know, we're right? talking about that yeah. one, too. Yeah, it, it is It is amazing. Um it, just to, how leads can evaporate this day and age in the NFL. It's almost hard to put your finger on it exactly to what, what makes it happen so quickly now. But um, I almost feel like the Bills a little bit with the Bengals. Same kind of thought. Like, yeah, you won the game. Yeah, there were some big plays made. And I see, you know, the potential and they're dangerous. But damn, I mean, the game was concerning in more ways than, than not, too. I, I, but we can get into the same old things. I mean, again, it's it's it is too Josh Allen centric, you know. That does bother me. They're not a running game that they can consistently lean on to dominate that way, right? He makes some of the damnedest plays you'll ever see. But miscues continue to be kind of an issue with this Buffalo Bills football team here. You know that second half of the season, drop bomb. You know to set up a. You know, a short field, right? You're seeing here, Shakir, going to be in the red zone. Get the momentum back. Miss a wide open, shallow cross. Maybe the ball got tipped, you know? Have a guy open in the end zone and Dawson knocks. He doesn't catch it. Drop it, right? Kick the ball out of bounds when we're up 17 to nothing. Give them the short field so they can make it 17 to three. I mean, man, was it you know, sloppy. Really, I mean the 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 Dolphins defense, the, the Dolphins special teams, they outplayed the the the, the Bills in two out of three phases. But like you said, it was 
Skylar Thompson, the offense for the Dolphins, they had their issues, and they just didn't have enough offense to kind of overcome it, and they couldn't just rely on the defense and special team to get the win, even though it kept them close. Well, and Jalen Waddle had those three. Oh, the Not drops. all three were drops. But yes, but there were some big drops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but uh, – the guy who waddles like a penguin, yeah. playing like he had they penguin flippers for hands on a right. couple of them. I mean, and it just would have been one of those things that you get a play like that, it changes the momentum, it gives you belief. It, it, it really is amazing to me that they hung in there when it was more defensive stuff. Yeah. You know, it was the, the, the fumble the, return for the touchdown that right. gave them the lead. The Xavier in the Howard quarter. interception yeah. where John Brown stopped. He had the big return, right? You know, we had that play. Uh, of course, the like you talked about, or we just saw in the highlight there, it's Cole Beasley running a curl route. Nobody's worried about Cole Beasley running by them, so they're going to sit there and sit on it. And then they, Josh Allen tries to, you know, get it in there. Ball gets tipped up in the air. Interception. So, yeah, I mean – there was there was a big punt return by the 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 Dolphins at one point that set up a field goal. There was a number of plays they made or things that we just go for Bills that I think you and I are holding them to that Super Bowl standard to go. That wasn't a Super Bowl type performance right there, but hopefully it's one of those things that wakes their butt up a little bit after a win and go. Wait, we better play better because you know it just this is not going to get it done if they want to win the Super Bowl. Maybe play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Some of these mistakes they made in this football game, uh, it just was, you know, you, you can't do that in the playoffs. Got chippy there. Christian Wilkins, Josh Allen gave him the big push. And, you know, the umpire getting in the middle of it. I don't know why they get in the middle of it. I don't know why you feel compelled to break it up. Go he, ahead. Go ahead. That was impressive. Flag them. Kick guys out if you have to. I don't know why you put yourself in harm's way. You're not wearing a helmet. You're not wearing shoulder pads. And you're old. Stay the hell out. <laughs> let them sort it out and kick guys out if they cross the line. It, it's It's not... It's not like little kids out there fighting. It's grown-ass men, and they're stronger and bigger than you. You, I'm looking at the stats for the Bills' offense. I yeah. mean, they, they, look, Devin Singletary, 10 carries for 48 yards. James Cook, 12 for 39. He yeah. did have a touchdown. It's and, okay, but and it's I never – I keep looking for Naheem right. Hines. Right. I thought two touchdown returns on the kickoff Keep last week touches. would maybe get Ken Dorsey yeah. to come up with something. Let's come up with something where we get the ball in his hands – in a spot where it simulates the broken field nature of a kick return where you're running through bodies and people can't get their hands on you and you just zoom right by him. He was on the field for 10 offensive plays. He had two targets for one catch for seven yards. That's it. I mean, you've got a hell of a weapon as you're trying to diversify your offense. And Chris, this Josh Allen thing, the narrative continues. Too many turnovers this year. They released the AP All-Pro team. You and I both voted on yeah. it somehow. Some, I guess, I don't know. I guess a lot of people had to say no for us to get votes. But he wasn't even the second-team All-Pro quarterback. It was Patrick Mahomes and then Jalen Hurts. I mean, the, you know, people are paying attention to the Josh Allen turnover sure. reality right. because it's not getting any better. Well, I understand that. But, you know, again, like we're talking there. I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts is throwing to two guys who run 4-3 and are superstars. He's throwing a curl route to Cole Beasley that nobody else in football wants him even on their team. You know, that's why I, I, we tried to have this conversation, you know, a little bit. He's throwing a deep route to John Brown. Nobody in football wants John Brown. He's on the Bills because they don't have enough firepower. It's, we've talked about this a little bit. And then, so it's all Josh Allen. You know, that, that's where it's, 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 it's not fair. And, you know, again, yeah, he makes some of the damnedest plays ever. 
All right, so they ask a lot of them. I mean, again, look what we saw yesterday. They moved the ball. Why? Because he makes plays where we go, are you effing kidding me with that throw? So you got to live with a little bit of the negative that way too. But, yeah, they need to understand the moment a little bit better. I think that's where Josh Allen messed up yesterday. His plays were magical, but understand, like here, playing Skylar Thompson, right? Like, don't don't throw the ball up in the air, jump ball up seventeen to three, right? To let Xavier Howard right. get it, right? That that's the one where I think the coaches are going to go, Josh, we're in control of the game. Like that was the only thing that was going to get them back in it, right? So I know they got the win, but yeah, he can uh, learn to dial it back at times and go. That's where Burrow, I think, has an advantage over. And Burrow understands the game. Oh, wait, I'm playing this guy. I'm not going to take a chance. I'm, uh, they'll mess it up, right? Where, you know, what makes the Bills awesome is they attack and they're aggressive and all that, but sometimes they don't dial it back at the right time. And that's what kind of happened yesterday, at least in, in my feel of, uh, of things. It's almost like Josh Allen wants to will them to a 17-point lead. Right. Or just right. deliver the dagger. I just want to deliver the knockout punch. And the reality is they're not delivering the knockout punch to these teams. They have to scratch and fight and claw Viking style. you got to accept the fact it's going to be a three-hour fight or four hours as yesterday's game ended up being. And you just got to hope that you have more points when it all ends. And, you know, even with all that, and and the Bills had a 10-point lead, uh, you know, fairly late in the game, and the the Dolphins wouldn't go away – there was a strange moment, the delay of game penalty that happened as the Dolphins were trying yeah, for a to, fourth and to one. get in field goal range. Here it is with 2.33 to go. The clock ticks down, and they were really slow to get the plays off. This was a problem all day. Yeah, um, and, and look, we, we talked about this yesterday. How much of it is the play caller not getting the play in? How much of it is the quarterback not being able to translate the play? But these are all things you better have figured out. The whole idea with Skylar Thompson being the starter and being named the starter fairly early in the week and Tua Tonga by low being ruled out was Mike McDaniel wants to know who the guy is so he can get him ready okay fine he better be ready yeah not just to run the plays he better be ready to call the plays he better be ready to get to the huddle he better be ready to get the play off and um here's Mike McDaniel talking about that late delay of game penalty that uh, uh ultimately was the dagger for the Dolphins you know there was some communication that we'd gotten the first down so then we were um deploying a, a group of players for the first and ten call and then it was it was articulated uh, that no it was fourth down it was communicated to me through the um upstairs you know from uh, from the headset i think um i was standing by an official uh i i had just had gotten convicted information that it was a first down um so i, I don't really know exactly who it was from it was probably the first time all year that that had happened so um you know you 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 try to do your best now look we're both Mike McDaniel fans but I'm confused Chris you're down on the field and they have big orange sticks and they have another one that has a one, two, a three, or a four. On. Right. Well, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know why he's relying on somebody upstairs to get the first down. No, no. I'm okay. just. I'm, I, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, yeah you turned the thermostat down. No, you I were a little cold. You didn't want to admit it because you're like, wait, I'm the jerk that turned it down. Usually, about an hour and a half, and the temperature catches up with 63 and a half. I usually put it on. But um, I hear you though. Yeah. I. I. I well, I think what happens is this sometimes, like as a play caller, right? Right. It's like. They you get that was I can't remember who it was the play before they were very close to the first down. It did look like 
you know, I think sometimes as a coach, they see maybe the initial lineup of the referee. Sometimes we see a referee on the wrong side of the field do that, yeah. right? And then you, you see, see the that. chains move. You see the chains the move. Chains move, and they don't right move. Right down at your play sheet now because you're going. Wait, I just saw him go like this, so it's first down. And then you're kind of looking, you look up and go, oh wait, wait, we changed here. But forget that play, Mike. You said it right. That was a, that was an issue the whole game, you know. And and I'm sure that really was part of the problem there on that fourth and one. But it looked like more times than not. And, and this is where I'm going to you know connect dots or. We didn't see these issues with the Dolphins all year long with any of the other quarterbacks. It, was, it seemed like it was hey, it's a rookie playing in a tough environment. And we saw too many times other plays where they couldn't get out of the huddle or guys were breaking the huddle and then they were like coming back like, what, what, what did you say? And then you were like, you could see Skylar Thompson opening up his wristband again like, hey, no, yeah, you got the post route. and blah, blah, blah. like So there was obviously some of that which you would expect with a younger quarterback in that situation. That was tough there. Um, but you know, the bills, yeah, just sloppy. They can't do that. They can't, they're dangerous. We know that Josh Allen is phenomenal. Um, but yes, he has lost that little feel of, you know, toting the, the line, towing the line of crazy and towing the line of like tactically aggressive. And I think he's going a little bit more into the crazy mode a little bit, you know, the second half of the year and that's hurt them now. One last point before we take a break. Tua Tungavailoa's future, he was ruled out on Wednesday. And again, my understanding is Mike McDaniel likes to know who the quarterback's going to be. Get the quarterback ready. If Tua's not cleared by Wednesday, we've got to get somebody else ready to go. We can't just count on him getting cleared on Saturday. He's not going to be ready to play. Let's just get someone ready. And they got Skylar Thompson ready, but you know, almost ready enough to win the game. There was a report on Sunday from ESPN that Tua is expected back as the starting quarterback in 2023. Expected is a word that can go in a lot of different ways. After the game, Mike McDaniel was asked about it, and he said, I'd be a fool not to bring him back. We're ready to embrace him when he's cleared to play and when he's healthy. That's fine, too. They want to convince everybody that he's their guy. There's one thing they can do, and they can do it right now. They can pick up his fifth-year option. If, if you want us to believe that you're all in with Tua, just pick up his fifth-year option, and we'll believe it. Yeah, That's the easiest way to do it. Or sign him to a long-term contract. I, I don't think that it would be prudent at this point to make any broad determinations about Tua because he still hasn't been cleared from his latest concussion. And I know at some point he's going to be healthy again. He's going to be cleared to play again. Yeah, right. But how long is he going to stay healthy? Yeah. And how much of your season do you want to have put on the back burner because you brought in a backup or the backup to the backup because the backup gets injured too – and your season falls apart and you can't get to where you want to be because you don't have your best quarterback available to you. Right. All the other great teams have their best quarterbacks available to them most of the time, if not all of the time. You rarely see great starting quarterbacks miss games. You rarely see it. You rarely see them get injured. They're, they're protected, unlike any other player on the field except a punter or a kicker. So I, I just because ESPN reported he's expected to be back, just because McDaniel said what he said – I won't believe that he's truly the long-term guy until they pick up the fifth-year option or they sign to a long-term deal. I, I think they have to consider their options. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to always be thinking, is there someone out there at this position who is better than who we have, that we, who we can get, and we can move forward with that person instead of the one we have? It's a ruthless business, but that's how it works. Yeah, uh, agreed there. I mean, yeah, the potential, we saw what the Dolphins can be with Tua, but you know, to your point, uh, this is a guy that's undersized, and there's there's a head concern, and that's going to scare any team to where they are going to evaluate the situation and kind of, you know, 
talk about the pluses and the minuses of it all together. And uh, you know, Mike, I'm 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 not no knowledge of this, but you know, this is one just where I, I I sit here between what we talked about last segment and this segment, and I go Lamar Jackson and will he will be with Baltimore and Miami situation. And I have a hard capital. time. They don't have the draft yeah, capital, right? They'd have problem. to trade some players for sure to get along with that. Yeah, I know. And uh, but but it's I do make that connection a little bit or think about if there's a real possibility of that in the off season. Well, and Lamar's from Miami, and right. that's been the speculation for a while that maybe right. he'd like to get back to Miami, but he doesn't want to be the bad guy and stand up and say I want to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play for the. Ravens anymore but again back to that point at some point something's got to give and maybe something well, sometimes you're gonna have to be the bad guy because people are starting to think he's the bad guy now that's anyways. right so you may, may as well be the bad they, if they right. already think if they're making you the bad guy right. you may as well go ahead and be that's the bad I mean. guy. Right. right let's right. go ahead and take a break the uh Chargers had more than a few bad guys that they can point to after they had a historic collapse against the Jaguars what a night it was in Jacksonville on Saturday we'll talk about that one when PFT Live continues right after BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties, whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber. Quaker oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even... Quaker Fruit Fusion, with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? Riley Patterson, looking all at 12 years old with the game-winning kick. I tell you, if that goalpost had 5 o'clock shadow and that football was a razor, it would have shaved that goalpost clean. I mean, that was as close as it gets without being a stoink. 36 yards for the win, 31-30, but my goodness, 27-0 was the lead for the 
L.A. Chargers or San Diego. <laughs> San Diego's probably very happy today that they don't have well, to blame the way, this team. Well, the way the Chargers social media team, uh, you know, no, no, attacked no, us. Let's take the high road. Let's okay, take the high road. You know, hey, so we can call okay, them, go ahead, we take call the them San Diego for a few well, minutes. Well, um, <laughs> it, 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 look, stuff happens, and it's part of the craziness of sports, yeah. and nobody could have seen this coming. No. We picked the Jaguars to win, but we didn't envision the Jaguars falling behind by 27 points way. and pouring no. a rabbit out of their butt. Right. And Brandon Staley, the coach of the Chargers, a guy we both like, not milking the clock, not running the ball when he's up 27 nothing, and doing everything he can to shorten the game and limit the opportunities for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know you're not in the position very often to have that kind of a lead, but you got to be prepared for everything in this business. And Trevor Lawrence, after the I, the stat line early on was 16 passes with four completions to his own team and four completions to the other team. That's how bad it was for Trevor Lawrence. To his credit, and I always look for this, Chris. Yeah. You see demeanor of quarterback. Uh-huh. The guys who are, are willing to just give in to the moment and just say it's not our day, and the guys who are unfazed by what's transpired, they've forgotten about it and they move on. And Trevor Lawrence proved to me on Saturday night he's a guy that isn't going to just say it's not my day. Just right. I want to go home and I want to crawl into bed and you know I, I just want to be out of here. And there's the there's the play that converted the fourth and one and set gutsy up the game winning touchdown. That's right. gutsy. And Doug Peterson explained it very well after the game. When they're inside, you go outside. When they're outside, you go inside. And they were lined up inside, so they popped the the run to the outside. And Travis Etienne, more than fast enough to get the edge and get the first down and set them up for the game-winning field goal. It really was amazing that the Jaguars pulled this off. It's amazing the Chargers collapsed. And it's amazing the Jaguars held together and pulled it off. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing, and you know we'll, we'll hit both sides. I think first, yeah, you said it right. Just Trevor Lawrence, first playoff game, four interceptions. I mean, we're dropping punt returns. I mean, you could have easily just said, you know what, like you said, it's not our day. Chalk it up, and yeah, we'll get a few, you know, token BS drives to make the score look somewhat or whatever else. But we're not going to really, I'm not going to really pull the trigger and make aggressive throws down the field to try to bring us back. But Doug Peterson did a great job of getting him easy completions early on when they were in the comeback. But this is how it all unfolded where they got behind. A little unlucky. Right guard gets beat. Tip pass. This is a fourth down call. I mean, this is this is my issue with the playoffs. It's pass interference all year yep. long in the first quarter, not in the playoffs. Evan Ingram here. Hey, I don't know if he's supposed to sit down or continue to run. Either way, Trevor Lawrence should not throw that ball and know that's a Tampa 2 coverage there. Here's another example of the Chargers had a great feel early on for how the Jaguars wanted to attack, attack them, right? I mean, Asante Samuel ran that route for Evan Ingram, yeah. basically. Um, but, yeah, great defensive play. Uh, Trevor doing some you know dumb stuff, bad decisions. Aaron throws, whatever else, and... You know, they were sitting there, and you're just going, oh, man, I mean, Chargers got all the momentum, and, and can the Jaguars really mount a comeback or do anything? And I think that drive before the half to get a touchdown before the half was really the, the thing that at least gave them a little confidence to get going. And that's the thing. You can't view the score as bigger than it really is because 27 nothing is basically 4 nothing, right? A touchdown gives you 7. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple – but you get intimidated by the number. Right. It's not as big as it looks. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing these comebacks. Teams aren't letting themselves become overwhelmed by that score. Just keep doing what you do. 
keep chipping away, whether it's the Vikings down 33 nothing to the Colts or the Jaguars down 27 nothing to the Chargers or the Jaguars down 27-10 to the Cowboys. I mean, the Jar- Jaguars have learned yeah. that it's, it's temporary and we can hold it together and we can get it done. Here's Trevor Lawrence on how he managed to stay level-headed after a very difficult first half of football. Honestly, didn't have a choice. You know, we've, we've come this far and those guys are dependent on me and, you know, to win games in general in this league, but especially the playoffs, quarterback has to play well, um, wasn't playing well. And I knew, knew it was going to take a lot to turn it around, but there's no, I told the guys in the huddle, there's no 27-point plays. You know, it's going to be one play at a time. And that's, that's what it took, one play at a time, all the way down the field, just again and again and again. And all we can do at this point, we dug ourselves in this hole, all we can do is just try to score every drive. You know, then trust our defense. And if they get a stop, great. Give us another chance to score. If they don't, great. We'll get the ball back. We'll go score again. So that was our mindset. Um, and you just got to gotta keep playing with confidence. That was the one thing. Just self-talk in my head. You know, you're going back and forth. It's tough, you know, when you're struggling and not playing well. But if I don't continue to be myself, we don't have a shot to win because, you know, then I'm going to miss the plays that I usually make. So I just had to keep my confidence, um, missed a few throws, you know, I think, where you know, some of those turnovers where I was being a little being a little cautious just you know so after that I felt like I kind of got back got back on track and settled in great observation he told his teammates there are no 27 point plays so you got to take it one play at a time one drive at a time take care of business hope the defense gets you some stops and just focus on what you can control and it worked and and that, this is something that Tom Brady says all the time in football Winning is about not losing. Right. And the Chargers kind of lost it. Exactly. Right. Right. Up 27 nothing, They right. lost it. They mismanagement. They ran the ball too much. Yeah. They left too much time on the clock. Right. I mean, anybody that plays Madden knows what you do when you go into clock kill mode. You run it all. You don't feel guilty about running it all the way down to zero before you snap the ball. You run every second counts. Those seconds add up. They become minutes. They become drives. They become opportunities that the other team won't have. The Chargers gave the Jaguars too many opportunities to come back and win the game. Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, you can look at the Jaguars' defense making some stops there earlier in the game that made the uh, the Chargers kick field goals, right? This one I specifically think about is it was 24 to nothing. The Jags dropped the punt, right? And you're thinking, oh, man, it's over. Like, it, this game's done. Jaguars' D hangs in there. Only, uh, I think it's a three and out. They kick the field goal, and it's 27 nothing. So there's some positives there, and also to like you're saying, chances there with the Chargers could have gone up by you know 31 nothing. Could have been maybe more than that after even the Asante Samuel interception. I believe that ended up in a field goal drive as well after they kind of moved the ball down the field, and then Jaguars defense stiffened up and, and made him kick a field goal. So they could have had a much greater lead. And then I do agree with like what you're saying. This is the problem when you can't run the football, right? The ja- the Chargers can't run the football. The team that was down 27 to nothing ran the ball more in the second half than the team that was up 27 to nothing or 27 to 7 when that happened. And that was, you know, they moved the ball, they had control of the ball to your point and and had some decent drives, but there was too many parts of those drives where it was, you know, throw on first down, stop the clock. It was incomplete. Now we might run the ball, and now we're, now we're in third and long, and we throw the ball again and maybe get the first down or whatever. But there was too many first and second down throws was the point there. That was really where they, I think, you know, let some, left too much time on the clock. 
you know, too many of that. And then really one of the big parts of the game that I thought was another huge turning point, Mike, was when it was, let me get this right, 30 to 14. And they get the quick touchdown, the 39-yard pass. Uh, Lawrence makes the audible, and he hits the post route to Zay Jones. That's when I went, oh, whoa. You know, that quick score that happened where you went, wait, they were down three scores, but now it's two scores, and they made that happen in a hurry, and there is enough time to come back here. And I thought those were some of the, the turning points of the football game. But you're right. Ultimately, their inability to run the ball and chew up a little extra clock Came back to bite them in the butt, and that's why they lost the football game. A key moment came after the Jaguars scored a touchdown. They yeah. made the score 30-26. to 26. We assumed they'd go for one, make it a three-point game, yeah, maybe right? on track for overtime. Yeah. Joey Bosa unhappy, Man. apparently, both because of an uncalled false start, which happens all the time. Left tackles and right tackles leave early all the time, and it doesn't get called. I don't know why it doesn't get called. Yeah. It doesn't get called. And then the um, – this is the – this, this is the two-point conversion earlier. earlier but he, right. he was upset, and he was upset after he was held on this two-point conversion. He said something to referee Sean Smith. And referee Sean Smith, like, what'd you say? What'd you, I'd love to hear what he said. What'd you say there? And he wanted, wanted to make sure, what are you saying? And then he threw the flag on him. I'd right. love to know more about that exchange. That was the first one. That got penalized on the kickoff, right? Right, remember, right, right. The right, second yeah, one right. came after the touchdown that made it 30-26. to 26, And he was upset because of the false start, and he was held slammed his helmet down, and it's a comical piece of video. Here's the play. There's the hold. It's almost a Donovan Smith-style hold. They get the touchdown. There, there, you see the, the right tackle a little, little bit of a early. Fall, yeah, got, there's the grab. I mean, that's why he's frustrated. That's why he's upset. But you know that happens all the time. Throws his helmet down. Watch Brandon Staley. Whoa, 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 hey, whoa, 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 here's your helmet. Whoa. And then he gives it back to him, and he slams it down again. again. Right. And then I think Brandon Staley goes to try to pick it up again. So there's just a weird look. Yeah. But you take your helmet off in the field of play, you slam it down, you get penalized. It moves the two-point try from the two to the one. Doug Peterson said they probably wouldn't have gone for two from the two. But at the one, you got a six-foot six and quarterback. You let him dive over the top. All right. And you, and you make it a two-point game. And you just kind of – it's another – I watched all the Rocky movies, the first three of them this just late last week. Right. It's just another one of those body blows that lifts Apollo Creed off the mat when you just feel like it's coming. Like, yeah. here here it comes. Right. And getting that two-point conversion and making it a, a two-point game, it just felt like here it comes. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a point where you went, oh, man. Well, especially to your point, the Chargers, for whatever reason, even before Brandon Staley, had a little bit of a habit of doing this type of stuff. Right? So it, it was always like, oh, wow, let alone – you know, not that we've seen this team do this to this point, but we've seen some situations that I think we've all questioned and the management of the the game and all that stuff there. And you know, there's a team that we looked at to go, wait, they're dangerous. They got some stars on their team there. If they win this game, they could maybe be that team that kind of upsets the apple cart, right? And all of a sudden we're sitting there going, wait, it's the Chargers in the AFC Championship oh, game? Chargers and Chiefs would have been a hell of a division It, it would have been scary. I, I agree there. But uh, the, the Jaguars, their belief, their coach, who Doug Peterson aggressive, keeps them believing. And then, like, to your point, I think they got a quarterback and a group of young guys that are – they're in it together. They're kind of feeling it right now. And uh, that was just a phenomenal job by them, a very young football team, especially hanging in there. And what do you want to say with your little smirk? Oh, your I, I want to say a lot of things. We're, we're running out of time, though. But, but I'm thinking of Doug Peterson and Andy Reid getting together this weekend, which should be fascinating in cool. Kansas City. Right. And uh, the Jaguars, I think we need to give them more of a chance, and I think they're going to be given. I think they could make things very interesting. Um, but 
with the Chargers and Brandon Sale, I don't know what owner, owner Dean Spanos is going to do. There's some reporting out there that they're going to stand pat. I And, and uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback of the team, has spoken out in favor of Brandon Staley and other players have as well. And we like Brandon Staley. We do. But at a certain point, it's a customer-driven business, and you got to ask yourself, are your customers satisfied with the product? And I don't know how you come back from losing that game. That, that's what you have to project going forward. And I'm being as dispassionate and objective as I can be here. It's like the Falcons losing 28-3. to It's like the Seahawks blowing Super Bowl 49. Sometimes there's a reset button that needs to be pressed in order to get past that moment. Right. And what you have to, if you're ownership of that team, if you're management of that team, you have to think, this isn't the typical wait till next year. There's going to be some fumes of this. There's going to be some echoes of this that spill over into next year if you don't make a change. And if you've got Sean Payton available, and I know Dean Spanos isn't going to pay him $20 million, but you know what? Maybe he wouldn't insist on $20 million if he gets to coach Justin Herbert and live in Southern California and take over L.A. at a time when it feels like the Rams are in a rebuild. Yeah. It may not take what it would take someone else to hire him. I just I think it's a fascinating behind-the-scenes conversation that Dean Spanos needs to have because at the end of the day, you do have an opportunity if you're the Chargers to take over L.A. given where the Rams are right now. And I just I wonder how much of what happened on Saturday night resonates into the future. Yeah, it's worth, worth watching for. It. You're right, because we know, we know that's, I mean, it, it's a, the Chargers are a bright, shiny object that I think any head coach would or any potential head coach would want because of the quarterback. Because of the quarterback. Right, and then there's question. a few other stars there, too, that you go, whoa, 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 we got some pieces here that I can build around them. And it would have been nice to have Mike Williams on Saturday. No, there's the, well, that's, that's another, I was that's another, go, issue that's that's another part of Staley. the conversation yep. here that's right. It's going to be sports talk radio, and he's going to be having to deal with those questions and people questioning that decision altogether, which I will say, I didn't think was the craziest thing in the world. They were weren't the healthiest football team all year. They kind of just got going playing the right way. I think they were looking at it like, hey, let's ride the momentum here and play in week 17 and kind of continue to do, you know, things the right way. I know. I know. It, it backfired. It's part it of backfired. the risk you take. And when it blows up, you got to – Well, it's, that's it's where it kills of, you. It's a We've lot seen a lot of teams take the up. risk and they work out, right? And they go, well, hey, it was good they played week seven. They, they hit the ground running in the playoffs and all that, right? And But this is the – the risk of it, and it gets thrown back in your face now. We're taking the risk of ignoring the folks telling us to take a break because we're actually in the building with them, and they can exactly. I don't hear them. They don't only talk telling to you. me to take a break. All right. Back with more PFT Live right after this. Are you a LeBron James fan? Yeah, LeBron, yeah. Tweeted about you? I did not. I did not. Good game. LeBron said that? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Brock Purdy, the last guy taken in the 2022 draft, getting a playoff victory and getting a tweet from LeBron. I don't Man. know which one would feel better. Well, the playoff victory, but then the icing on the cake is you're getting tweeted, you know, by LeBron. That, that's pretty awesome right there. And look, I, I, made this point on Saturday night that the Vikings know what's coming. Even if they beat the Giants, they know what's coming. It is an ass-kicking in San Francisco <laughs> or Santa Clara because the 49ers are firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Credit to the Seahawks for making it interesting. They actually took the lead at yeah, halftime. Right. But, man, when the 49ers put pedal to metal, they are unstoppable. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, that defense. And it really was the forced fumble 
Geno Smith. That right. was that was the moment. Twenty three to seventeen. That was the moment that it started going the other way. Exactly right. That, that once they got that ball and they punched it in, that was when the dam broke. Yeah. The Seahawks were hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. But credit to the 49ers, they busted the damn wide open. The next thing you know, it's 41-23. Yeah, they're, they're amazing, the pressure they put on you on both sides of the football, the 49ers. The Shanahan attack, just all the different ways. It's it's body blows. It's haymakers. You don't know where it's coming from. And, and you know, yeah, credit to the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you and I will both agree. Where Actually, you might have still been in the car early on in the game Brock Purdy missed some throws. Yes. Where, you first know, throw. First throw. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, right. Missed that. Had a touchdown that, to Brandon Ayuk that he was a little – he was definitely late with the football. I mean, there, he did not – like, he wasn't sharp early on to where he left some plays on the field. But Seattle did do a good job of hanging, at, hanging in there. And Geno made some good plays. And Kenneth Walker, a few good runs to where you went, wow, okay. You know, maybe they, they can kind of – you know, make some magic happen. Their defense can get a big turnover. And uh, I mean, we're going to see an upset, but it was what we've seen all year. It was the 49ers pass rush just all over Geno Smith. That strip sack at 23 to 17 was the, the moment because then the 49ers drove right down and they never relinquished power of the football game from that point on. They stopped the Seahawks and then it was the very next drive was fake the run, uh, bootleg, hit Debo Samuel on the crossing route, which was a huge thing for the 49ers all day, and he runs up the sidelines for a 70-yard touchdown, and you were like, all right, night-night. The 49ers are unbelievable that way, and, um, yeah, I think they're the hottest team in the sport, like we've kind of been saying here for the last two or three weeks. There was a moment early in the third quarter where Debo Samuel was tackled and Jonathan Abram twisted the leg at the tail end yeah. and a scuffle broke out you right. saw Debo Samuel call for a penalty flag watch this here down he goes and there's the leg twist that's BS and, that, and that's BS by Jonathan point. Abram I and what that, that did and what that does sometimes yeah. what it did it got everybody a little fired up yeah. here's Kyle Shanahan and Debo Samuel talking to the media after the game about the impact of the Jonathan Abram leg twist I was worried that he was hurt on it um, I lost my mind a little bit on that. Um, but, yeah, I was real concerned that he was hurt on it. You know, I, I didn't like how that looked. I thought it looked pretty bad and the intent of the play. Um, so I think that pissed a lot of people off. I think it pissed our team off. And I think you can kind of feel our team react to that um, after. Um, I wish we were like that from the first play always. But sometimes when some stuff motivates the guys, I think uh, it was cool to see us rally together. And I know Debo was bothered. And um, it was cool he came back and, and answered. I stayed down a little because um, I almost lost my temper. Um, and you can see um, the definition of our team of IGYB, I got your back. And then um, second half, they scored at the end of the fourth quarter. Like, you know, you can have it. But um, at the end of the day, I felt like that turned our team up a notch. And as you can see, we just went out there and made plays. Are you saying that you pretty much needed that time to get yourself under? Yeah, it, it hurt for sure. But uh, in my mind, I was I was about to lose it. But um, I just kept coming, you know. Uh, just seeing um, how Cal came off the sideline is true definition of our team. You think I can pull off that jacket? No, nor the chain. Or anything. <laughs> I like the. I really like the jacket though. There's something about it where it kind of like it's so bright and the contrast. It's is so, so crazy. Sharp. Yeah, it burns right. your retinas. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like he, if you stare at it too long, you, you're not going to be able to see. He, right. he can pull it off. He looks cool. I mean, awesome. that's cool on him. I ain't going to look cool on you. I'm just going to let you know right. right now. It ain't going to work. Nothing. Look, I'm at the age. Of I mean, on that when he got hurt, the jacket you know? that I slipped and fell on today. Yeah. That that actually that works for me. Okay, good, as long as good. I'm not slipping. Yeah, and falling good. On. Good old timer jackets work good for you. Thanks. All right. 
but yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, hey, they are chippy. We know that. Yeah, they're emotional. Shanahan comes out there, checks on Debo Samuel. It looked like Shanahan was actually yelling at the Seahawks players. He was trying to make it look like he wasn't yelling at them, but he yeah. was looking at them. And I'm sure they love that. And they're just they're they're unbelievable. And the the game plan by Shanahan. I mean, we know it's just how do they hit you, right, Mike? I mean, it's the run game. Oh, it's McCaffrey. Oh no, it's Debo Samuel. And then the way. You know, I think we were also impressed was the way he marries the run game with the pass game where you go, oh, here comes that run again. Oh, no, it's not that run. And there's a guy screeching wide open over the middle. I mean, how many throws were crosser, in-cut, off a of play action where you just go, holy crap, he's wide open. I mean, that was the theme of the game. Crossers freaking galore. And they attacked the rookie in Tariq Woolen a lot, who was left in some really tough spots because the Seahawks had to sell out to stop the 49ers' run. And this is where Shanahan's brilliant. He gets in these tight splits. You can't jam people. And you're so worried about stopping the run that you see the second-level guys, the linebackers, the safeties, they're so worried about, let me get down there, tackle McCaffrey, that they over-pursue. And Shanahan's amazing because he has a ying for every yang, a zig for every zag. And... That's where he becomes dangerous. And they're elite right now. And when he has something elite to play off of, like he does the run game, then he's got all the creativity that starts to flow. The point I always make, yeah. they've got some key players, some badasses, roll yeah. out of bed and run through the wall, right. keep them healthy, and they are going to be very hard to beat. Whoever Definitely. has to go there, yeah. whether it's Tom Brady or whether it's Dak Prescott, right. they're going to have their hands full next Sunday night for the 49ers. Uh, and uh, we'll talk. Coming up, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but we got enough time to get you ready for the big one tonight. Because big one. Somebody's going home and somebody's moving on to Santa Clara when the Cowboys. You like the Bucks, tonight. huh? I do like the Bucks. I like the Cowboys. I know, I know. Well, maybe I'll get my retribution <laughs> for last night, and maybe I'll maybe I'll like Facetime you, All right? And bother you like okay. I Facetimed you. I tried to FaceTime you. Yeah, on the 24th. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah, you deserved all that badgering I gave you yesterday, you jerk. All right, tonight, Monday Night Football, second annual Monday Night Wild Card Round game. Right. Cowboys better than last at year's. the Buccaneers. Yeah, last year's was not good. This one should be good. Should be. This one should be. Which It should be. And uh, Tom Brady, postseason game of his career, number 48. Yeah. I think that counts for something. Definitely. Cowboys have looked flat lately. Dak Prescott criticized for his performance last week in Washington in a game that, as far as they knew going in, was relevant. It right. became irrelevant, but yeah. I but I'm gonna be watching coaching decisions very carefully for the Cowboys and do the Bucks look like the team we expected them to be all year. Doesn't matter what the record is. They're yeah. healthy. Tom Brady is in playoff mode. You know I like the Bucks in this one. I know. Yeah. Listen, I understand it. I mean I'm scared too. I, I I'm interested. I mean of course the Bucks handled them in week one, right? I think honestly the Bucks you know, again, maybe because they're healthy and better. Here we go. I, th that was maybe the best they ran the ball all year, other than that in the Seahawks game. To me, that's what it's going to come down to, Mike. That really is. First and second down, can they run? Because one thing that's – I don't think they can block the Dallas Cowboys in passing situations. If Dallas can get them into second and third and long, the Cowboys are going to win the football game. 
But the Cowboys are a small defense like we talked about all the time. There is a big offensive line there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can they smash it, control the clock, keep it in third and two, third and four where Brady's unstoppable? I think it's going to be really the story of the game. Chris Godwin right. is the guy to watch. Right. He's Screens too. He's removed yeah. from the ACL. Terry had three catches week one. I think yeah. he got more than that tonight. He's I hear you. be the difference maker. We'll break it all down tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you. Go G-Men. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.